Delivering great-tasting product to your customers is important. Saving energy, space, and improving operational efficiencies is good for your bottom line. A perfect choice for convenience retailers, Adande Refrigeration's patented modular units deliver so many efficiencies, it's no wonder brands such as Sheets and Get-Go are installing these temperature-stable, hold-the-cold fridges across their U.S. food courts. When it comes to refrigeration, convenience is at the very heart of Adande Refrigeration. Learn how you can excel in food service, save time, space, and energy with Adande Refrigeration at adande.co.uk or adande.com. Professionals in the know, choose Adande. You're listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast, brought to you by Global Convenience Store Focus. Shop Talk Live is a unique video and podcast series featuring senior retail executives in the global convenience, fuels, and mobility retail industry, hosted by Dan Munford and Carolyn Schneer. Welcome to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. Ireland is one of the most advanced convenience and roadside retail locations globally, and is famous for the high quality fresh products delivered every day in stores. Looking at the future as the energy transition comes to Ireland, how will this develop in some of the roadside sites of the future? In this episode of Shop Talk Live, host Dan Munford and co-host Brian Reed, CEO of Deli Lights, talk with two of Ireland's biggest innovators, Brian Donaldson, the CEO of the Maxwell Group, and Thomas Ennis, owner of the Thomas Ennis Group, to get their take on the future of Ireland's roadside retail. I hope you enjoy this episode, and certainly go to our website at globalconvenienstorefocus.co.uk to see this video in its entirety on episode number 53. Welcome to Shop Talk Live. Well, today we're talking about Ireland. Why are we talking about Ireland? Well, Ireland is one of the most advanced convenience and roadside retail locations globally. Uh, the industry goes there regularly to get inspiration. And of course, we, we know the reasons for that. It's famous for the high quality fresh products that it delivers every day in its convenience stores and roadside retail. Why is this? That's one of the questions we always get asked, and perhaps we can find some of the answers to this in the episode today. Also, looking to the future and the energy transition, which is coming to Ireland as well, um, we're going to think about how that's going to develop in, in the Irish context and look at a very exciting Maxwell site, which uh, we think answers some of those questions. So we've got a very exciting uh, group of guests today. We've got uh, Brown Donaldson, the CEO of Maxwell. We've got Thomas Ennis world-famous uh, convenience retailer, and my co-host today, Brian Reed, who's the CEO of Deli Lights, very uniquely qualified to talk uh, as well on this topic, and my co-host today. Perhaps I can invite you to join us, Brian. Delighted to be here, Dan. Well, nice, always nice to chat with you, Brian. We've, we've spent a lot of time on the road, haven't we, looking at uh, exciting retail um, in Ireland, but of course, um, the rest of the world as well. So, so nice to have you on Shop Talk Live for the first time. Well, Brian, let's let's welcome our guests on Brian Donaldson, CEO of Maxwell, and, and Thomas Ennis. Guys, if you can also join this conversation. Hi, guys. How's it going? Very well. Very Hi, well. Nice, to, nice to see you, Thomas. Nice to see you, Brian. Um, so we, we've already started a good conversation on this topic. We've got some, you know, obviously this is we we've heard a supplier's perspective on this. Now let's let's think about the operator's perspective, the retail's perspective. We've got two two sort of segments, guys, haven't we? We're going to talk about very much your story and your your businesses, uh, Thomas, first, and then we're going to um, focus on your new site and and also some of the exciting things that Maxwell are doing, Brian. But you chip in throughout because you know you. Ch I don't think I need to introduce you to Thomas Ennis or or vice versa. Um, so uh, I'm, you just chip in as 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 you like. But 
let's start off by focusing on on your story, uh, Thomas. Um, we we probably published one of the most successful in terms of um, readers readership articles that we've ever done in Global Sea Store Focus quite recently, which was almost a a bit of a a life story as a retailer on uh, on 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 looking at your 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 beginnings as a as a as a apprentice uh, butcher. I think that's right, isn't it? Straight yeah. out. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Straight out of school, where you learnt a lot about uh, about about the re- retail trade, and so this article got tremendous interest because it it's it it looked at your 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 sort of your journey, your personal journey in terms of where you picked up your retail and management skills. You know, obviously starting off as a butcher's apprentice, apprentice, then working for Super Value, then really having a very formative few years with with um with uh with Fergal Quinn and and Super yeah. Quinn. And yeah. and some of the very exciting. It's almost you know you see so many retail leaders in Ireland who've had some of the years with with those guys, um, and um, that's all in the article and people have read it. But I just wanted to try and maybe pick up the story at uh, you know about halfway through the article where you start to talk where you opened Marion Row, which was I think it was in two thousand and five, wasn't it? December fifth, two thousand and five. Then, <laughs> and. That store made a big impression on the industry. I think it's probably one of the, you know, the most visited stores uh, in 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 uh, in Europe. You know, in terms of other retailers coming to learn. Why? Why is what? What's the interest in that? In that, Brian? What's special about that store? Sorry, we were, uh, Thomas. We were kind of. Uh, I remember opening that store, uh, and I had left Super Quinn in September, and then I'd kind of walking behind the scenes with Sparrow Ireland, pulling that shop together, recruiting them, and kind of. My ideas or what I thought would work and their ideas. And uh, it was a it was a bit different compared to all the the other uh, convenience stores that were out there. Brian, you're you're not gonna happy where I was when you hear what I'm gonna say. We didn't want pre-packed sandwiches back then. <laughs> we wanted to make our own and we wanted to have our own. We didn't want to be like everybody else, even though the daily products are fantastic and they're a really good product. But at the at the time, it was only fresh ways. So one of the one of the things we said was that we'd make our own, we'd create our own spar branded product. And uh, there was a signature sandwiches, Dan. I think you probably remember looking at them. You were uh, at the early stages. You were there, and that was the range that we had created that we thought would uh, sit well in the market at the time. Uh, we were the first to have a barista coffee offer and sit down uh, with insomnia. Nobody else had that. Everybody had the machines. We were the first to have that. And believe it or not, 18 years ago, we were the first, if you remember, Dan, you were there when we opened, to have a touch screen. Remember we had the touch screens at the door when you That's come right. in? That's right. Yeah, I remember. You come in, so the, the, the digital ordering system. So we had that in. It didn't work. So we had that. You could order at the front of the shop, print off in the deli, and you go and collect it. But uh, we are probably ahead of our time because the Irish market wasn't ready for that at the time. They wanted to go and pick through the daily offering of what they actually wanted. Um, so, yeah, we were we were kind of forced to market with a lot of stuff at the time. Uh, so, Brian, Brian Reed, pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting store. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting store. And I mean, some of the innovation, the, the point of differentiation is, is key there. It'd be different than, than anybody else. And, you know, that's something that we did as a business. We wanted to bring products that were different than what anybody else was doing in the market. But <clears throat> but I think some of the products that you make and, you know, the colours and how you bring it to life, Thomas, is, is fantastic. And I think that's what everybody tries to do in business is how do I do the thing first? How do I bring something different? Because we're, it's very, it's a very 
um, crowded market. So you have to find that point of differentiation. But fantastic stores, and I've read your story and I've followed you. And to start off as a butcher and to work into into retail and take the learnings as you've went, it's 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 inspirational. So it's a credit to you, Thomas. Yeah, I think uh, Dan, you've always asked the question about why is Ireland why why are we good with the food? We take chances as as retailers. We're not afraid to make mistakes. So um, you know, I lost a lot of money the first quarter in that shop. I haven't since, but I did at the time because I took chances. And uh, we we had chefs there. We still have uh, a chef with us. But we created our own food. Some of it worked, some of it different, didn't. Um, but we were—we didn't let it define us. The failures, we didn't let them define us. And you know yourself, when you're in the food space and you don't, it doesn't work, it's expensive, you know, and it does cost you. But you don't let it define you. You park it and you move on. And I think that's what makes us different. And we're, we're willing, I think, I don't, I don't know, it's an Irish thing, but we're willing to take that chance and back ourselves and uh, if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. You kind of you, you will always get learnings from your failures as well. And you just move on. Um, we were lucky in that store. I have great people with me, and you know, our business is a people business. It's you know, I could come out with come up with the best ideas, but if I don't have the people to execute them, it's you're wasting your time. So we've good people around us that helped me and helped us develop. Uh, some of the things we've done you certainly do let's shout out some of them because I, I think you know I know you always do that but it's Sandra McCormick who's been yeah. your GM from day one hasn't it yeah. it's Joanna Starren who's, who's yeah. your ops manager yeah. and um, Ann Carter Fresh Foods isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. so they're, they're still with me um, I don't know why but that must be doing something right but um, yeah so and, and you let them as well you let them be involved and you let them come up with stuff as well and you know, we travel as well, Dan. You know, we see a lot of, uh, like, listen to Brian talking about uh, New York. We do be there quite a bit. We cross in London as well. And we look at what's going on in the market. But everybody, every time it comes back to us as well uh, in Ireland, you know, we've got some really, really good retailers. I think one of the best retailers globally, Tom McAvoy up in Rathfordland, uh, you know, what he does up there, Milestone up there is just unbelievable. Another Maxall retailer. So it's, you know... Yeah, if you, I'm sure you've been there, Dan. That is probably one of the best stores I've, I've been in globally. You know, it's a fantastic. Store. I have Scott Ann and uh, introduced yeah. me to that school, yeah. a, a, a store, and I was blown away. But yeah. by, by it, is it is this in the blood? Do you think Brian Donaldson? You know, in terms of uh, this 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 island of Ireland kind of, uh, as you know, special special retail powers or, or or willingness to take a risk, as Thomas Ennis puts it. Yeah, look, I think it's in our DNA, uh, but also I think it's representative of the size of the population on the island. Uh, you know, in so many markets where you have a big population, um, you know, people would focus more on the wet side of the business in terms of the forecourt, whereas we've got to sweat the asset. We've got to try to drive more revenue. We've got to try to make our sites become destinations. You know, the level of competition right across the island of Ireland is extremely intense. Uh, you know, we're very ambitious. Uh, and I think as as Thomas has rightly said, we're not scared to invest. And if we make a mistake, we change it. But that doesn't stop us from going back again in terms of looking at new concepts and and, and, and new ideas. I, I think that's a very good point. And Thomas, like we, you know, you were very honest in the article, which is obviously one of the other reasons for its popularity. And you, you're a multi-site unit. You've got how many sites have you got altogether now? Eleven. Eleven now. Your second... <laughs> Looking at number 12 at the moment, Dan. 
which is going to be totally different as well. So, oh, that, well, look, for, look, look forward to that. Um, yeah. But, but you know, interestingly, you know, in the article, you talked about your second store, which um, at Cowbridge, wasn't it? And and that yeah. was, there was some big learning. You, you're very honest about the learnings from that store, aren't you? Yeah, yeah that was uh, 2008, um, just at the beginning of the recession, I suppose, where everybody told me that I was crazy to go into it. But being a typical entrepreneur, I didn't listen to anybody. So uh, I went out anyway, and uh, I got it wrong. Everything and anything that could go wrong in that site, um, I'm still scarred by it because I haven't made that mistake again. It was The timing was wrong. Uh, and we all know sometimes these things is about timing. Um, the, the country wasn't in a great place. Um, we, our consumers have been advised to go to uh, the discounters. You know, they weren't they weren't shopping local with their you know, local retailer. They were they were going to the discounters. That's you know. So that was one of it. Um, I just didn't do my due diligence, Dan. I let my heart uh, rule uh, that decision. I couldn't wait to get a second store, um, and I just it was wrong. Everything about it was wrong. Location. Uh, I didn't uh, dig deep enough into the figures um, and. It just went wrong, and I came out of it. I sold the lease in 2010, and I was still paying off the debt in 2011. So it kind of, I never made the mistake again. Um, but uh, you know, it, it didn't define me. I kept going after it. You know, uh, uh, very, very much so. And in a way, I think you know, obviously, that just shows that location. Ultimately, even the best operator can't always make every location work. You know, it's it's it, it's it's sometimes time to to move on and find better locations, which of course you've gone on to do. Also, as well, Dan, I think it's it, you know, at the time, I remember, you know, I got it wrong, and I probably should have made the decision six months more earlier than I did. But you know, you find it. You're looking at yourself, and and this is a wrong thing. But at the time, looking back, it was wrong. But you're thinking, well, how will I look? Am I a failure? And um, how will this look if I fail here after being so successful in Marion Row? When really, it doesn't really matter how you look. I actually, I always say it was the worst and best decision in the one store. The worst decision going into it, but the best decision realizing that I couldn't fix it and to get out of it. So sometimes you have to just. Be honest to yourself and say you can't fix this. Stop now. Stop the rot now and, and move on. You know. No, absolutely. And obviously, you have moved on. You've moved on with with great uh, with great success and 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 style. Um, just thinking about obviously some of the challenges which we had back in two thousand and eight, which were economic, and and we can look at the cost of living crisis, which has affected Ireland, the island of Ireland, as much as uh, as many other parts of of the world. You've you've still focused on 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 quality ingredients haven't you um thomas yeah i mean yeah there is a global recession at the time um and even now people are the cost of living effect that's that, that that's around at the minute but still you, you can't you, you kind of can't if you if you put yourself out to be a fresh food operator uh with the, the best ingredients you, you can't cheapen that because stuff is going on people still now the consumer now is more educated in fresh food than they ever were they're more traveled they know what it should taste like they know what it should look like they actually know the value of it now so if if somebody is selling something cheap it's going to be cheap ingredients people know that but if something's been sell, if somebody's selling something uh, a price that they feel is is, is reasonable and acceptable because of the quality of it, they will pay it. We we we're not we're so tuned in with our bodies, the health, quality of food, 
people it's not like before where people bought cheap ingredients people want to eat healthy food because they feel good about themselves and they eat healthy food so yeah we we've never steered away from the uh, quality ingredients than regardless of what's going on in the world uh i need to stand over what we sell we sell good quality food uh, and and that's it you know and and if you stand over that and you kind of build your build your business on, on that the consumer and your customers you know as Fergus Quinn would say the boomerang they keep coming back so it's like quality food will never will, will never change and Brian Reed you you you'd echo that I I, I know uh, absolutely I would echo that and, and last year we've seen significant um material increases and in ingredients and things like that but it wasn't a time to panic it was a time to just try and get price increases and, and but make sure you don't sacrifice the quality of the product and I agree with Thomas the customer knows now they can tell that it's 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 the ingredients are real or it's proper meat in the in the sandwich and whatever so yeah. it's very important that you, you're honest and transparent with your customers and um our products are handmade and we're very open about that and we want to make sure that we don't compromise on our ingredients because your reputations there they will not come back and they will not go back and repeat purchase if you if you take shortcuts yeah. so I completely agree with Thomas on that point that Charge more if you have to, but don't compromise on your quality and your flavors. Very, very sound point. Now, let's just look at one of your latest. I know you've got another store in the pipeline. Um, always have, Thomas, always something new coming. But let's just look at what the store that, that made a big impression on me, Spa Waterloo Exchange. I mean, one of the things that struck me about this this store, guys, oh. is is how much you pack into such a small space. Yeah, yeah. I got to credit Spar Ireland and uh, the development team that's in BWG with, with the plans. I'd say that plan there is probably the 10th plan that we, we drew up, you know, and you know yourself, uh, retail space is very expensive, especially in that part of the city. So you, as Brian said, Brian Don said that earlier on, you want to sweat the asset. So uh, we had to get as much as we could into that space so we could utilize every inch of it, you know. Well, let's, you know, let's Brian, let's uh, Brian Donaldson, let's um, let's sort of transition, if you like, uh, to 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 what's happening on the roadside. Um, obviously, this the, the Spa Waterloo Exchange uh, is a stand, standalone store in a very upmarket part of Dublin with very, very high rents, a very, you know, we've also we've got the energy transition coming to Ireland as well. Tell us a little, perhaps just segueing from talking about fresh with Thomas's store. We should talk about the the retail part of this of this location before we tackle EV. But you've got you put the Eurospar brand in there. You know, very a super a supermarket brand. Yeah, look, the island of Ireland is is very different. Northern Ireland, obviously, part of the UK. Um, you know, compared to the Republic of Ireland, um, you know, the footprints are very different. The first thing that everyone needs to be aware of in the south of Ireland. On four courts, our retail footprint is restricted to 100 square meters of actual retail before Delhi and seated area. Whereas in, in, in Northern Ireland, there are no such restrictions. Uh, and that's why when you look at the video, you can see the scale that we've put there in terms of, of, of the Eurospar development. Um, but also when we look at the island of Ireland, you know, we're a, a fourth generation family business, 102 years old trading in Ireland. One shoe doesn't fit all. So the strategy that we put into play into the south of Ireland with good retailers such as Thomas Innes is very different to the strategy that we put in place in, in, in Northern Ireland. And that's just looking at demographics. It's looking at the level of competition. And it's also looking at the maturity of the markets. 
Um, you know, in Hollywood, in 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 Kinnaker, it's a population of about twelve thousand people. Uh, it's quite a, an upmarket, you know, high income earners. It's also benefits from a very transient location from Bangor going into the metropolitan area of, 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 of Belfast. Also, it's the home of Rory McIlroy, who many will know as the world number one golfer. Um, so it really is an ideal location for us you know, to put this kind of investment. Um, but Lucas Thomas has been on his journey. We've been on our journey in terms of how we continue to improve and how we see the eyes of our business through those of our customers. And I think what you see in that video is the collaboration of real talent within our management team, within our suppliers, within our consultants to bring actually to market that new development. Uh, I have to say it was minus five when we were shooting that video. It was extremely cold. And, and, and that site actually opened, I think it was on the 8th of December, uh, 2022. Um, but look, the pictures tell the story, but in terms of the strategy behind it, that's really our blueprint. Uh, that is what we were going to use to try to roll out more of what we see uh, catering for the changing needs of consumers, not just in terms of putting food into their fridges or into their households, but also in terms of the change in mobility. And the challenge that we have in the south of Ireland is getting bigger boxes uh, until we start getting a change to this retail planning guidelines of, of 100 square meters. Um, so look, it, it's, it's, it's been very exciting for us. It's been a major shot of adrenaline in the arm. Uh, and, and, and thank you very much indeed for your very kind comments in terms of the feedback on it. No, not at all. Let me bring Thomas in first. Obviously, fresh food is your business, but you're very much into roadside retail as well, Thomas. With a few, with a number of your of your sites, what was your what's your reaction to 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 that this new this new site? Yeah, I mean, I remember actually I opened my first one, Max. I was twelve years ago, and I have a confession now, Brian. So I can, twelve years later, I can tell. I think I ran out of fuel three times, Dan. Because you, you, <laughs> because what happened was my first foray. I remember walking this walking with Brian and Des Duffy. Remember Brian and we walked around. We walked around stores twelve years ago. Yes. So I seen firsthand the vision that Maxall had of where they wanted to go twelve years ago, Dan. So it doesn't surprise me when I see where they are now in the sense of they're doing things totally different to anybody else. And the good thing about it is they let you be innovative as a licensee in the sense that you can work. They want they want to they want you to be innovative compared to some of the competitors where it's just one box once and everyone is the same. You can be very different. If you look at that store in Kindergarten, that is an amazing Eurospar. It's a really, really, really good store. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not surprised to see to see that uh, with Maxall. I can see things just getting better actually. But I, I remember, as I said, you're running out of fuel. I looked at it differently. I stood in the forecourt and looked into the store. And I remember thinking, you know, location-wise, Mesquil Road, only around the corner from Waterloo Dance. So that, for a small little shop, we still sweat that asset as well. You know, and I think that's the way uh, roadside retailing has moved, is that people are now, whereas before my time, they stood in the shop and looked out onto the forecourt. It's changed now. We're, we're now adapting for our consumer uh, of the store of a licensee in Maxall and Torgi. And that deli does more than any of the delis I have in the city centre, you know, and uh, of a girl, of a lady, Sue, who's running that, who makes everything from scratch. 
everything she makes is from scratch. So it's a real, you know, it's a, and and we have we have the we have the the tools with the, the food to do that, you know, and it's it's really good, you know. I'm not surprised to see what I see with Max Allardyce. Well, Brian, I bet you're thrilled to 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 hear to hear that from Thomas. Brian Reed, what do you think? What you're an EV driver, have been for a while, so so that that's that's perhaps we can, you can perhaps comment on that as well. But what's your first reaction from a fresh offer perspective? Well, it's an incredible looking store, Brian. It's a credit to you. Um, it looks and feels really good when you walk into the store, and just in terms of the lighting and and the the space that you've you've used, but. Um, certainly the whole solar and the, the way you're tracking the electric and the, the use of power on the site is very impressive that you're obviously aligned with things that we're doing here and obviously you're a really good customer of ours too but just the look and feel of the store the way you're focusing on the food the EV side of it I mean I'm an EV driver and there has been issues with getting charged around the Belfast area so to know that it's there as a destination is fantastic I mean it just adds you know that takes that pressure off We've some of the team here on, on the on the sales side who would like to drive EV vehicles, but they can't because they're restricted. So to see that sort of oasis in the desert as such is just brilliant. And you know, it's just the future. I think you're very uh, forward thinking. And then we're looking to see how do the what does the consumer think? Are they going in? Are they staying longer in the store because they're charging? Are their habits change? And I'd be keen to hear from Brian just to hear. You know, are they noticing anything? With their customer are they are their habits changing are they eating on their lap as opposed to eating in the store or are you seeing anything yeah we are and i think to be honest like in northern ireland we work very very closely with henderson retail and henderson wholesale who helped us put that all together there really is a collaboration in terms of of, of taking the expertise with our alliance partners and in the south of Ireland, it's the same with bwg food so we work very closely with them and, and, and thomas has already mentioned them but in terms of what we have achieved in, in, in Kinnaker, for us, it's about learning in terms of how we really upweight the customer experience. You know, this is the first site in, uh, in Northern Ireland and possibly on the island of Ireland where it's, the, it's, it's a public ultra rapid charging hub. Uh, in Northern Ireland, um, um, public charging is free. Uh, for people to charge their vehicle. That's why the network is, is in such a poor condition. And Brian will know, uh, you know, you can drive up to any of these public chargers and they'll be broken or there'll be a long queue in front of them or there'll be a car that's been parked there for probably days. Um, really what we wanted to try to do is to take a lot of the learnings that we have picked up in, in Norway and in other markets uh, in terms of how, how we could set up a think tank in terms of how we develop our EV strategy. Um, in Kinnaker, you'll see that we've created our own sub-brand, Maxwell Recharge, and we put the gantry there. We're probably going to start actually pricing the kilowatt charge at some point uh, in the not-too-distant future. But what has surprised us is that people in Northern Ireland who have only been charging at home, and these are maybe AC, slow trickle chargers, have been very impressed with the speed of charge, certainly in Kinnaker. Uh, and we're starting to see repeat business from the same type of customer. Uh, also, I think one of the things that people like about it is the canopy. They like the fact that we're trying to do our bit as well in terms of sustainability by solar panels and how we recycle and reuse that energy on site. But they also like the reliability of the equipment. 
And that's the biggest negative, uh, I think, in any market, be that in the south of Ireland, Northern Ireland, or in GB. Reliability is what customers expect. And, you know, you will have seen BBC News in terms of the Tesla gate scenario in, in Christmas time, where there just wasn't the infrastructure to service all of those people who were commuting over the Christmas period. And um, so it, it comes down to the operation of that site. And one thing about our industry and with the likes of good retailers like Thomas in is customers have confidence in the level of service that they bring. And that's why I think, you know, our sector has built up confidence with our customers that if they come to us, it's going to be working. It's going to be a, a good level of, of, of customer expectation and it's going to be delivered consistently, uh, to be quite honest. In terms of going back to your other question, Brian, yeah, people are getting out of their cars when they're charging and they're coming in and they're using our Delish Deli. They are using the coffee facility. And depending on the type of customer, if you are on the road and you're traveling, it's probably more food for now that people want to take and also a hot beverage or cold drink or whatever. But also we're finding a lot of ladies coming uh, and taking the kids out of the car and going and doing a basket shop. And that's the beauty of when you have an offer such as the Eurospar concept that we have there. It's got absolutely everything. Uh, our basket spends have gone well up, which is telling us people want the choice. They like the environment. They like the range. But equally in this particular environment, it's about value for money. And that's where SPAR comes, comes through uh, clear and loud. Uh, the other thing that we put into this particular store is, is self-checkouts. Over 40% of trans transactions are going through self-checkout. So that tells you as well that people want convenience and they want speed of service and they're quite happy to do it themselves. So for us, look, it's been a bit of a revolution in terms of the learnings. It's, it's still very early days. But what we're seeing is we, we believe that over 50% of those customers using the EV hub are shopping uh, within the Eurospar. Now, whether that's down to novelty factor because of the scale and, and the choice of goods that we have in there, the time will tell. Uh, but as you will know, Thomas, whenever you open a new development, you want nice gradual growth. You don't want to be a big peak and then the thing drops. It's building very, very nicely. And that particular site is operated by Henderson Retail. So fair play to them and all of their staff who maintain the highest of standards in store within food service, but also in terms of the forecourt. And um, you know that particular site also hosts our traditional liquid fuels forecourt. And we introduced our own sort of premium fuel range there as well. And it's got our latest uh, you know, corporate branding as well, which is all built around our ESG strategy. Everything we do now is about how do we reduce the energy consumption? And, and that means investing in technology. Uh, and also it means that we need to do things better. And sometimes you've got to invest up front to save the running costs in the business into the future. You know, that war of refrigeration is the latest closed door CO2 refrigeration that you can buy. Uh, it is expensive, but you know, we're seeing the benefits in terms of, of, of how we're managing and controlling the energy costs. I think a very, very interesting uh, point, Brian. I, in a way, I think, Maxwell, to, to be fair to Maxwell, I mean, I think you've you've done a lot of hard yards, haven't you, in terms of the travel? I mean, we've 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 been in, in Norway. I forget how many how many times, and you're obviously part of our um, 
of our mobility roundtable, which uh, McKinsey are, uh, acts as our knowledge partner. And we we meet four times a year with a lot of other retailers to talk through all these issues, don't we? And you, you've you've been but you've been spending time doing these things as a company for years, haven't you? You know, to, this didn't just this didn't just appear, did it? This site. No, no, like we basically started this journey way back in 2012 in terms of how we moved from being seen as a traditional fuel retailer into being a food service convenience retailer. And and in the old days, we would have done things. How can we replicate that? How can we ensure it is consistent? But it comes back to this thing, one shoe doesn't fit all. And it's about bringing in regionalization. It's about making sure you target and specialize the offer to the customer audience. And I think in terms of, of, of mobility, you know, electrification has certainly been, been the, um, the source of energy that's certainly been driven by regulation and by governments. It's just when will be the tipping point? When will be that turning point when, you know, 50, 60 percent of all new cars will be battery electric vehicles? Um, we, we believe that electric vehicles have a part to play, though we don't see them being the complete silver bullet or utopia. You know, um, petrol cars are still increasing in, in, in sales. I think there was a bit of a flip around uh, in terms of their growth. Okay, diesel is certainly pulling back as a percentage of the mix. The percentage numbers for electric vehicles are very high because they're coming from a very low base. Um, but certainly, you know, the transition to low emission, zero emission um, vehicles is, is, is happening. And... I suppose the big question for everybody with cost of living crisis, um, you know, will that slow down the transition or will it accelerate? Uh, time remains to be seen. Uh, Your know, time will tell us on that pretty, pretty soon. But our view is that we've got to lay down the foundations now. You know, in, in, in the south of Ireland, we've just received planning permission to do a similar development and at, at Maxwell Newbridge in terms of what you would have seen at Kinnaker in terms of the EV hub. We want to do the same in Maxwell Ballycullen. And we also uh, have rolled out EV chargers and other developments in, in, in Northern Ireland as well. So we want to be positioned for whenever it actually does turn. Uh, and I think one of the things that we are known for is the quality of our retail operation. And it comes back, Thomas, uh, you know, we don't directly manage any of our sites. They're all independently managed by independent retailers who have a real flair for retail. We really want to deliver the best customer experience. And that's what keeps people coming back. You know, the boomerang effect is absolutely right. And I think one of the things our industry, Dan, has benefited from on a global basis we actually have had the COVID bounce, you know, because it actually drove a lot of new customers into our locations because the majority of them are all neighborhood or they're in areas where they're light industry. And I think that in itself gave people the opportunity just to look at the breadth and range and the value and the quality of the operation. And those customers have become sticky customers, which is what we all want. And, 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 and that's given us a real base in which to build upon and I'm sure Thomas has seen the same within his business and also Brian in terms of the many retailers that you supply really within our sector. Absolutely. Um, very wise. Brian, do you want to comment? Yeah, we've seen a, a big surge in demand for the, the local convenience customer. Um, you know, the local, maybe the person working from home or spending working two days from home and three days in the office, they're shopping more local. And we're seeing that and they're looking for more offerings now. They're asking us, how do we, how do we satisfy that? 
lunchtime buy, that evening buy as well. So yeah, we're seeing that. And in terms of the the charging, um, the thirty minute charge that you, it normally takes about thirty minutes to charge a car. So can I go in and shop for later when I'm in there? Can I use that thirty minutes to do a longer shop? And that's where the Eurospar comes in because they offer more products for the evening or whatever. So it just changes the dynamic of the the customer and what they're looking for when they're in the stores. I would imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, two two of the big learnings I think we've been discussing a lot, Brian, haven't we, on on our on our different meeting points on this you know whether it's online on or or, uh, you know in visits to other countries is is uh you know the consumer as as this becomes a mass more of a mass market and it's not if you like um it's not it's not just like a small group of people who've got evs who perhaps haven't got to use their day efficiently it becomes mass market people have to find an efficient way of using that 20 or 30 minutes as well rather than just have a coffee um, you know, obviously some, some people have got time to sit around and have a coffee, but, but, you know, it's a long time to, to, to regularly have to, have to idle away, you know, if they can use that 20 or 30 minutes to do something else as well. Um, and obviously this is why I think the Eurospar fit is such a good one. Um, then, uh, you know, or the retail, the retail opportunity has to kind of deliver for that 20 or 30 minutes, doesn't it? So I think that's certainly a big learning that's come out of, um, other markets and uh, you you followed up on i think the other interesting thing is around the reliability issue i mean one of the things that that i think a lot of the research shows uh, you know in lots of markets is that although a lot of people are very interested in the on the go charging opportunity not everybody is very good at at developing the customer experience and i think that's the other thing you know you have thought about your 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 ev drivers by providing a canopy for them um in uh in 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 this this new site well that's that's actually not typical uh, of what we see globally but you know they they're not waterproof just because they drive an ev you know they they want to they want to be looked after as well and i think that's where our industry has a real strength it's thinking about the customer experience we did a research uh, dan in uh max allen torby and we kind of extended and opened up the the grocery part of the store which wasn't there originally we extended it we opened up our dairy wall you could do a top-up shop there now at the moment and we know it's just what brian was saying that you, you did have people that were coming in charging their car and back to the confidence thing they knew they had confidence to come in quite regularly it wasn't just we had a one week we had a consistent range of products top-up shop products that distressed the, the porches and if you if people know that that standard is there you know that they can get the products to do it that does then become part of their their week or part of their day or their second day or whenever they're, they're, they're charging so i think as retailers there's no point in us having these charging stations and no point in us, if we don't give the option then to come in and use that 20 minutes a half an hour productive because we all have busy lives you know if you're coming home to drop kids training or or do whatever you need to do if you can be productive in that 20 30 minutes and do a top-up shop or grab a few bits. I think it's important for us as retailers to have that facility there for our customers. Wise words, uh, Brian. Brian Reed, any 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 final thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say on the on the on the charging point. I mean, there are there is some data there that suggests that sitting in the car isn't actually that good for you. So it's a wee bit early on, but I mean, if that comes out, I mean, the customer then that's charging has to get out of the car would be suggested that it's better for them to get out of the car with their family. So they're going to be looking to go in and sit somewhere or sort of kill a bit of time. So um, I think that the other thing is that if other locations get charging points, i.e. other 
types of businesses, you know, the retailers have to work that wee bit harder to make sure that they're at the point that the customer goes to to charge. So when I go there, I want to walk in and get that consistently good coffee, that consistently good sandwich and food for later. So it's just picking those partners really well. It's going to be key, I think. No, no, very, very good. And Brian, you're hitting, if you're hitting 50%, uh, that's not bad, actually. That's pretty good, isn't it? In terms of getting out of the car and coming into the site. It is. And I think the learnings that we're getting from this trial that we've done in Kinnaker, it shows us that people want um, probably about a 150 kilowatt charger. They like a speed of charge, but they don't want to overpay if their car can't take the faster charge through a 200 kilowatt charger. But the, you know, the other interesting point, which I think Thomas touched on there, you know, in Northern Ireland, because we have bigger boxes, we can do the likes of the bigger spars and Euro spars. Uh, whereas I already mentioned this 100 square meter restriction in the south. So what we've done is gone higher with the shelving to increase the range and the choice, because I think Thomas's point is absolutely right. If, if we start rolling out more of these EV ultra rapid charging hubs, it's important that we give the right level of products and choice and value to those customers who want to do the basket shopping. You know, this year we have a retail conference and really what we want to do is to show our retailers that we're continuing to innovate. Yes, we're continuing to learn. We're not frightened to make mistakes. But really what we want to do is give confidence to consumers and change them from occasionally coming in our stores to regularly coming into our stores for more essential top-up shopping. Uh, and, you know, that's a journey we're on. Uh, and yes, we've made some good progress and, and it's been a collaborative uh, success of, of, of input across not only suppliers, but our own in-house team. But we have a long way to go. Dan, you know, this is just, again, if you stand still in this business, you're moving backwards. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of investment. And, you know, I'm very fortunate, uh, you know, working for Maxwell, which is owned by the McMullen family, who continue to invest. And, and I think that's why we've made great progress, supported by independent retailers such as, you know, Thomas Innes and many, many others who you've met before as well, Dan. Well, thank you, Brian. Look, congratulations in uh, in, 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 in your latest achievements uh, and, you know, fantastic team behind you at Maxwell and a very supportive board as well so so congratulations on that and uh, for, for you Brian Donaldson and 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 Thomas you know really excited to see your latest store you know we, we're all we're all waiting to see if it's how di- you say it's completely different we're intrigued by that but I'm sure we'll be hearing and, and reading about that that soon and and Brian lastly thanks for co-hosting this one I think you've uh, you've enjoyed it and um congratulations on on seeing some of more of your product in uh, in GB as well and uh, obviously further afield in Europe and I think that's something that you're excited about in the future isn't it absolutely I'm, I'm really I'm really excited Dan and thanks for thanks for asking me to do this today it's been brilliant brilliant well well Brian Donaldson thank you Thomas Ennis thank you and uh, Brian Reed uh, always always a pleasure and uh, yeah we've had a great conversation I think thanks for watching thank you for listening to Shop Talk Live the podcast this episode was produced by Dan Munford and Nick Scherzer with support from Jenna Ferguson and Lorraine Evans It was produced, edited, and mixed by Carolyn Schneer, and music was provided by Wolfgang Worley. Tune in every other week for new episodes, and please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and learn more at globalconveniencestorefocus.co.uk.